Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And good morning. Happy Saturday. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. I'm Brian Prudhomme. Dave Cook is across the table waving at me. That means he's here this Saturday morning. Welcome to our first show of October. Arguably, but we can't argue about it right away, but arguably the best sports month on the calendar. It's right there. Well, when your baseball team is playing well and your hockey team's getting ready to go and your basketball team's beating teams in Abu Dhabi and your football team is lined up against the Taylor Swifts, the Kansas City Swifts, um, this is a really dang good weekend. And not to mention locally, you've got hockey, you've got volleyball. If you got it, you want it. What was the old Toyota? You asked for it. You got it, Toyota. Yeah, that's true. Isn't there Burger King did something like that too? I'm not sure. They're yeah. still having it your way or you yeah. rule or whatever it is. Yeah, right. So, I mean, there's all kinds of... We're, we've talked about this already. Today might be one of those first get-off-my-lawn weeks for both of us because it's like, oh, we don't know any new guys. All the old guys. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting because I got two questions from listeners this week, which it's nice to know we have two listeners, but they went like this. One of them said, well, with the Twins winning, please make your show 90% Twins. Are you going to do that? And I said, well, it's October Yes, they are a headline for sure, but I don't know if I can go 90% with so much else going on. And then I got another question that said, you guys need to talk more hockey. Can you talk about the Wild getting started? Yeah, we can do that too because that's going to be here as well. So our first guest today who's on the phone with us already, best way to kill two birds perhaps? Works with both teams? Yeah, you know, there's we've talked about, you know, iconics, right? There's certain iconic voices and we have we've had them here, we you know, with Tom Hansen and Marsh Nelson going way back, and when you think and and all the Twins announcers over the time, you know Gordon and all those and, and all those guys that just kind of bring the season. Anthony Lopanta means wild hockey to me, and he also does a lot of baseball. So you're right. Let's kill the two. I was going to say he's absolutely the right fit to start off the show. Anthony Lopanta with us by phone. Good morning, sir. How are you guys? Well, that's an intro that's going to be hard to live up to. I can tell you that. Iconic and Lopanta have very seldomly, if ever, been used in the same sentence. Well, that's just because you spend too much time around Russo, and he won't do that for you. But uh, I feel (laughs) like we do that to you pretty often. We give you a a good billing in terms of an intro. Dave's got more for you. Yeah, I can tell you right now that my mother-in-law thinks that 100%. She will turn the game on, and there'll be all kinds of stuff, and she'll hear you and say, okay, the game has started. Everybody be quiet. Let's go watch the Wild. So little did you know you're (laughs) iconic up here in Duluth, whether you meant to be or not. But thank you for being with us yet again. So I'm going to let you kind of guide the ship here because there's a lot of Twins talk that we can do. You're with the Wild, obviously, pretty much on the daily now. Where would you like to go first? Because one team is getting going and one team is taking us on a heck of a ride that continues in Houston. Yeah, well, I think the the baseball team has finally captured the fan base here. I was talking with some friends of mine and it was a little eh, disappointed is not the right word, but a little surprised maybe that throughout the late part of August and the month of September that the fans in the Twin Cities, it just didn't seem to be latching on to the team quite yet. And they were going to be in the playoffs. They were going to win the division. And I couldn't really figure out why you weren't getting some of the 
bandwagon, the casual fans to start to embrace the team. They were really playing well down the stretch. And even the first game of the playoff series, my daughter had texted and said, Hey, you know, we're wondering if we could come down from school, go to one of the games and, you know, could you try and help us get tickets? And I went online and looked and I was like, you can buy tickets online for like $5 right Right. now. Just go that way. And, but, and so I was kind of worried. I thought, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just that the team was 500 most of the year and people were not really catching on thinking, wow, they're just going to get in because it's a mediocre division and then they'll go nowhere. And I don't know what it was, but then the atmosphere, once the fans got into Target Field and, and they filled it up on games, those two games against Toronto, the atmosphere was incredible. And now I think everybody's bought into this club and it's an exciting it's an exciting team to watch because they have some of the things that the previous Twins playoff teams, and I'm talking about the teams during this 2002 to now era, not the 87-91 the clubs, but from all of these teams that have been playoff teams, this team has a couple elements that none of those had, and it starts with a one-two punch at the top of the rotation in Lopez and Gray. They nearly had it in 06 with Santana and Liriano, but then Liriano got hurt before the playoffs start and wasn't able to go. And that's what would have been probably the team closest to this. But then they've got more power arms in the bullpen than the Twins have ever had. They've got six guys that come out of the pen throwing upper 90s and and flirting with triple figures. And in the playoffs, you need guys that can come in and have swing and miss stuff. They can get strikeouts. They can get you out of big jams. And then you also need power because I don't think it's the only way to score runs. I think sometimes teams exaggerate that a little too much. But in the playoffs, a lot of games are won just with long balls because you're facing pitching that isn't going to allow you very many opportunities to string four, five, six hits together in an inning. And the the Twins have some of that. And so I, I think they've got some pieces in place where this team, maybe more than any of the others, was built to have a chance in the postseason. Right. Um, I still think that if I was a betting man, I, I might bet the Astros in this series, but it's it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see the Twins get great starts in games two and three from Lopez and Gray, and all of a sudden you got a chance to win a series. It would certainly be interesting, especially when it gets back to Target Field, because I love that you brought up the atmosphere from those two games, because Obviously, being up here in Duluth, I just watched on TV. And frankly, because it was during the afternoon, I was watching some of it casually because the job just made that happen. But at the same time, you were able to go by a lot of the sound and the crowd was into just about every pitch. You've been to so many events. I mean, you've seen the X rock because this state loves hockey. We all know it. Where did it rank in terms of volume? And oh, my goodness, just the atmosphere that's being brought by the state of Minnesota and the fan base. Yeah, I, I, it would be hard to say, like, well, it ranked with this, but I will tell you, it was the best atmosphere I've ever seen at Target Field. It was it was loud, and, you know, now keep in mind that, like, in 20, when they had their playoff series there the with Houston, there was no fans. They had the just a game here in the, was it the 19 series? So it's, it, it's hard. They haven't had back-to-back days like that at Target Field, but I thought it was, it almost felt like Metrodome kind of noise. Exactly. That kind of roar. And it was, and they were in every pitch. It wasn't just a 
seventh, eighth inning that came to life. I, I really, and that's what, that's what I, it kind of caught me by surprise because of the fact that even late in the regular season, on nice nights in September, I, I don't know what the actual in the stadium attendance was. I know there were a lot of nights they were, you know, 18, 20,000 tickets sold, but it felt like maybe eight to 10,000 actually in the stadium. And it just, and, and a lot of them leaving early, even from close games. So I was really worried that I thought there might be 40% Toronto fans in the stadium when they played the Jays during the regular season. It was it was pretty close to 50-50 Jays fans and Twins fans, but it was nothing like that in these two playoff games. It was it was a raucous crowd, and I happened to run into the – we were flying to Chicago with the Wild on Thursday, and the Twins were leaving for Houston about – I think they were leaving maybe an hour behind us, but – there were some of the twins personnel in the charter terminal already when I got there. And so I had a chance to chat with them and they say the tickets for this series with Houston were disappearing fast, if not gone already. So I think it's, I think the team now has caught the attention of twins territory and boy, if they could just even get one of the two down in Houston and come home with a guarantee to play two games at home, I think we'll, we'll see a fan base really get into this club. So, Anthony, uh, last week, Brian and I were talking, and our topic was um, guys who drive the bus versus guys who are just passengers, right? And for the last year, year and a half, we've been talking about how how Carlos Correa is this big money, doesn't get much done, and now all of a sudden, the conversation has turned. Um, what's your opinion on Carlos Correa's uh, season and then specifically the last two games, which he's been, you know, the guy driving the bus? Well, yeah, it's interesting. I, I I think Correa's situation, I think, has – I think there's a little skepticism maybe from a lot of Twins fans because of, because of the way the contract worked. He signed the deal last year, could have stayed here for two more years at making more money than any of the rest of us will ever see in our lives. And he opted out of that contract, which immediately had Twins fans, you know, the way Minnesota people get where it's – they're insulted by the fact that he didn't just want to stay and be a part of things. Tried desperately to sign with two other teams. Wanted, but he wanted to go elsewhere. And when those two teams both said no, then he comes back. And I, you know, I just think there were a lot of fans who hear him say, "This is where I wanted to be." Well, I mean, everybody knows that's not the truth. If this was where you wanted to be, you could have stayed here on the last two years of the first three-year deal. You could have just re-signed here and not first tried to sign in San Fran and then New York. So I think there was a little bit of that. And I don't know, I don't know if that had a, an impact on how he was seen by twins fans, but the guy can play defense at a generational level. There's, there's nobody in the game and there hasn't been anybody in the game that I think plays the shortstop position better than him in the last 15, 20 years. And that is significant. And those things come, they have a way of popping up at big times. But I think the guy that's driving the bus right now for this team is Royce Lewis. He's the guy that when the lights are the brightest, when the stage is the biggest, he wants to be the guy at the plate. He wants to be the guy in those spots. He just continues to come through. It has amazed me down the stretch where when this is a rookie and he's, he's not even 162 games into his big league career yet. Right. And yet every challenge that was presented, he not only handled the challenge, he crushed the challenge. 
the team couldn't get a hit with the bases loaded. All of a sudden, Royce Lewis is hitting grand slams seemingly on a weekly basis. The game one of the playoffs, he's been out 10 days. He comes back and hits home runs in his first two at-bats. It's just he's got that whatever that it factor is that the special athletes, that the truly elite players have. And I was talking with some friends of mine yesterday, and it it sounds crazy to say this at this point in the guy's career, but this guy – I think this guy will be an MVP at some point in his career because not only does he have that swagger, he has the ability to back it up, and he just plays the game with a joy. He's always got a smile on his face. It's infectious. The the teammates love him. And, you know, he's the guy that if this team is going to make a run, if this team is going to have a chance in this series, he's going to be the guy. And and the truth is I'm not trying to diminish what Correa brings Mm -hmm. because he brings a – experience level that nobody else in this roster has. He solidifies the infield at the shortstop position. But he's never been a huge offensive producer in his career. If you look at his, he's been a solid hitter, but not he's never been the guy that's carried an offense. Lewis can carry an offense. And and I think, we, well, we saw it in this series. The, I was going to say, it was straight out of the natural this series, yeah. Yeah, it's the two home runs in game one, and they win the game. I mean, that's... They only scored five runs in the series, so it isn't like this offense was rolling and it was Lewis hit a couple home runs in the first game. And if he doesn't, if he's not healthy, I'm not sure they find a way to win that game. So I think he's the guy right now that is everything revolves around him in this lineup. And he's a special player, a special talent, a special person, and has a chance, if he can stay healthy, to be the face of this franchise moving forward. No question what about a great it. Great answer, by the way. So, Anthony Lapanta's with us on the fan, and I know you've been on the fan before. And a staple on the fan is Dan Barrero's. We didn't need him. And when I saw that Jose Barrios was slated to pitch Game Two of that series, I was like, "Oh boy, he's going to spin a gem." And all the we didn't need him, whether it's a bit or not, are going to come out with flying colors. Well, what actually ended up unfolding was, for some reason, John Schneider decided after three innings, we, as in the Blue Jays, didn't need him either. Everybody's had a take on this. I know what analytics are, but I know how crazy analytics can get. What went through your mind? What's your take on the Jose Barrios early exit? Well, if you're asking what went through my mind as a Twins fan, it was thank, thank you, you, right? Yeah. <laughs> if it was, if you're asking like from a baseball analyst type position, it was a head scratcher. And it, well, I shouldn't say that. I understand why they do this, but it's. I'm a big. I am an analytics guy. I'm a numbers guy. In every sport, I love people who are trying to come up with new ways to evaluate or predict what a player is going to be able to do in a certain situation. But there's a place for it. There's also an eye test. And so with the Minnesota Wild, I chat with their analytics guy almost every, I wouldn't say daily, but for sure I'd say every other game because I just love to see if his analytics numbers support what, you think you saw was this guy really as good as what he appeared was this guy really as lousy as he appeared does this line combination statistically say that it's as good as what they appear and I think with baseball it's the same kind of challenge and and I think the wild have a great balance of it because their analytics guy a guy named Matt Sells is a he's also a hockey guy so he looks at the numbers but he also has an idea of this looked like it was really good. I'm going to see if the numbers support it. Where I think in baseball there are some teams, and there are times I think that the you know the Twins are one of the 
on the leading edge of using analytics. But there are times where you have to step back and say, okay, even coming into this game, we thought let's let Barrios go, but the second time through, if he's facing these lefties, we don't we want to go to the lefty. We want to we want to get into the Twins bench because we know how they'll react to pitching changes and so that I think they came in with that plan and then just refused to stray from it when they ignored the human element of this is a guy who right now is pitching against the team that got rid of him and has a fire in his eye and the stuff right now that he looks like he's he's ready to go to war, ready to go through a wall for you. And I think sometimes you have to be able to see that and say, throw the analytics out because right now this guy looks nasty. And when you look at what he had done the first time through the lineup, it wasn't like it would have been different if Kepler had hit one of the wall the first time around or something, and you're saying, boy, we can't, we don't want to let him pitch to him again. So I, I just thought it was I thought it was overmanaging. I thought it was a mistake. It, it turned out to be just that. And sometimes if you rely exclusively on analytics and ignore the eye test, that's what you're going to get. Absolutely agree with that. So the Twins and the Wild both use analytics. The Twins have playoff success. The Wild are hoping for it. Let's switch to the Wild. What excites you for this season? What concerns you for this season? And maybe specifically, how concerned are you about the latest Jared Spurgeon news? Well, the, the Spurgeon news is disappointing because it's, you know, you're, now you're starting the season with, without your captain, without the uh, big part of your team for sure. You're number one for your first pair of defensemen. He's on your top penalty kill, on your second power play. And it's a big loss. I don't think it sounds like it's a, something that could either hamper him or affect like long-term into the season, but it does sound like we may miss him for the first month. So that it's just a lousy way to start the season. You go in with such high hopes, high expectations. And, and this year, I think they were really stressing, let's be ready to go right from the start after the way they started last season. I think we were, it was 20 goals allowed in the first three games and, just didn't want to dig themselves that kind of hole again. So there was a lot of emphasis on, and it was even the way they set their lineup for these last two preseason games. Let's have our, our opening night NHL lineup in these two games because we want to hit the ground running Thursday night against Florida. And now to be derailed like this is, is tough. But I think the excitement level's high. I'm, I think this team is a definite playoff team, and I don't think that – the difference between Minnesota and what I'd say the top two teams in the division, Dallas and Colorado, I don't think the split, the divide is very wide between Minnesota and those teams. So I think it's going to be a great race, and hopefully they can withstand the Spurgeon injury. This is why it's nice to have a guy like Alex Kaligoski as your seventh defenseman, a proven NHL guy. He can run the – maybe you can't lean career for 82 nights. You certainly can lean – ready to roll, and and we'll see. He's going to play with Jake Middleton, which puts Alex on his off side, offhand side. Uh, that could be a little bit of a challenge, but I think it's a, I think it just is a testament to having a seventh NHL defenseman at his level ready in the wings to jump in. Yeah, I think you're 100. We were talking about that earlier. That's 100% right. right. On that, the question is now that you've taken one chunk of depth away, Who's next? Who's the next guy up? I mean, is it going to be Lambos? Is it, 
Is it is there somebody that you've seen that you're like, okay, that kid's NHL ready at least to serve in a pinch? Yeah, well, they've got the three defensemen in Iowa, the three young guys who are definitely going to be a part of the future of this organization, and that's Hunt, Lambos, and O'Rourke. I think Hunt looked like the closest of those guys to me during camp. I know he had a little injury setback late, so if it was if they needed somebody right now, like this week, my guess is you'd probably see Dakota Mermis come back just because he's more of a veteran guy. And and but if it was going to be a long term or maybe even a month down the road, I think some point this season we may see Hunt in NHL games if the Wild have a another injury along the blue line. I think of those prospect guys he looked like he was the closest to being NHL ready. But the last home preseason game last week against Chicago, I thought both Lambos and O'Rourke, who played together that night, I thought they both looked really good, looked more visible, more confident with the puck, and and certainly guys that have taken the next step. I think this will be a big year for those guys in Iowa because the reality is that as this wild team emerges from the salary cap, bind that they've been in and that they will be in this year and next where they have to be 14 plus million under the cap as they emerge from that they've got the core pieces kind of locked in but there are a couple holes that are going to be have to they're going to have to be filled on their blue line and when guys like Merrill and Goligoski's contract are up and so you're talking about your six seven spot maybe a five spot if Kalen Addison doesn't prove that he can handle it. So that's when you're going to need those guys to slide in and be ready to compete and contribute at the NHL level. Absolutely. So I'm glad you mentioned the preseason, not only because that's where we are with the Wild playing again tonight, but I always wanted to know what does the NHL mind need to look for in the preseason? Because you look at other sports, the NFL preseason is basically a sham. It's it's nothing like football. Baseball is so long and different that it's just a different animal altogether. The NBA, the Wolves, you know, they they really took Dallas to the woodshed the other day. Do we get excited about that or not? What do you look for as you watch a preseason game? Well, it depends on the team, and it depends on the year, because there have been some years where there were legit roster battles going on. This year, that's not the case for Minnesota. This roster was essentially set. It was This year, it was more about just getting your team ready. There, there, there literally wasn't one question as to who would make this team. I suppose maybe a mild question if Marco Rossi was dramatically outplayed by one of the young guys, If, but I don't think that was even a chance. I think I think this lineup was set when camp broke, and, and barring injury, this was going to be their, their opening night roster. So this year for the Wild, it was more get everything polished up, get guys game ready, get guys up to game speed, get these last couple games to have everybody playing on their with their line mates and and make sure that they had opportunities there all of the, you're right all, I mean baseball's all about they need to have a month of spring training games because pitchers need that much time to get their arms stretched out the rest of the players they'll tell you they don't they hitters and fielders would say we need two weeks but they need a month because you got to get arms going you know, football, they've changed now to all these joint practices, which I'm a high school football coach. I'd rather practice that way where you have more control over the situation than going into a game hoping we end up with a few third and eights so I can see what was what we want to do. I, well, we can just do it right here at practice. Oh, I was going to say, you can incorporate that. Totino, do they have uh, right. joint practices next season? 
or you got three, well, four we, weeks left, you can do it now. We do it during the summer. That's we do a lot of that with with other schools, and just for that reason, we do a we want ten plays of past skeleton against you guys, and instead of going into a a preseason game where now we can't control it, we can control it. We can blow the whistle when we want to blow the whistle. We can set the contact level to whatever we want it to be. And so and if I see why NFL teams have done that. With hockey, there is a – it's a little different because of the physical nature of the sport that you – you know, guys, they don't want to get hurt. So it isn't like you're having a – it isn't going to be as physical and as intense. But you have to be able to play at game speed against other NHL guys. So most teams will, their last couple, for sure their last home game, they want their NHL lineup. Uh, tonight I'm – I'm sure Dallas will leave a few of their veterans at home, but like what we saw in Chicago uh, Saturday, what is it today? Saturday, so Thursday night when we were in Chicago, we saw Minnesota's lineup and pretty close to Chicago's. I think there might have been two guys that will be on Chicago's opening night roster that weren't in the lineup that night. They wanted to take one more look at a at their fifth line, so to speak, to see if which of those guys were going to make the club, but. You know, you we'll probably see pretty close to Dallas's lineup tonight, and they need those couple games. But most former players I talk to say things like, "You know what? The NHL, the camp's too long. The preseason's too long. They'd rather see camp shortened by a week or a week and a half. Maybe play four preseason games instead of six, and then add a week into the regular season. Eliminate oh, sure. three or four back-to-back games over the course of the season. Start the season on October 5th instead of the 12th and and then say, all right, now we can we can stretch out those 82. Because back-to-back games are, I think those are tough. They're, they're always unfair to, because most times one team's playing on the second of a back-to-back and the other's not. And so it, And one team's had to travel where the other is not. If you could eliminate a couple of those, I'd love it. So with all that said, I was just watching some highlights this morning, and Sidney Crosby last night dropped the gloves with Peyton Krebs in a preseason game. Oh, boy. So maybe we're taking uh, it more seriously than we about. thought. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about where guys, they don't want to get hurt, so they're, they, the physicality isn't up to – and then you get some situations like the Spurgeon hit the other night. I mean, this is a donkey for Chicago that's trying to open some eyes and – He's a fourth-line guy at best in his career. He, he's trying to show management in Chicago that there's a place for him on an NHL roster. So he's taking runs at guys who are veteran guys just trying to make sure that they get through preseason healthy. And I'm not saying it was necessarily a cheap shot, but it was an unnecessary hit in a preseason game. And, you know, so there's – I think there's probably a balance somewhere there. Sure. And you can't tell guys not to play hard. So if you're going to play those games, you have to expect that hits are going to come, and and I guess you got to be ready for them. In a week, they could happen in a in a regular season game, and you're at just as much risk. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's they got to have them, but it's kind of a necessary evil to get a team ready. That's exactly the term I was going to use. I got to close with this because if I don't bring it up, I'm not doing my job correctly. Dave and I both, after the show, we're headed to the stadium for Saint Scholastica today to take on Gustavus in Mayak football. Now, you and I both know, and I say this lightly as a St. Scholastica play-by-play guy, but you and I both know that the class of the Mayak traditionally resides in Collegeville. Give me the breakdown on the Johnnies, because, oh, newsflash, they're very good again. Yeah, they are. I've actually it's been, I've been lucky this year. I've been able to see them play a couple times 
because the schedules have just worked where they've had home Saturdays. I saw their opener against Trinity, a highly rated Trinity team that was one of the most amazing comebacks that I've seen. Johnny's were down 17 in that game and came back in, in the fourth quarter and came back and won. I know they got pushed around in the second half at Whitewater. I didn't see that game, but I uh, listened to the call on the radio and the second half got away from them. Wins over Bethel and Augsburg the last two weeks. I actually was texting a little bit with their defensive coaches this morning about their game in Concordia at Concordia against Concordia in Collegeville today. And I, I think this is a good St. John's team that has the potential to be a great one. The the moxie they showed coming from behind to win that game against Trinity in overtime. When teams have that in them, that's something special. No doubt. I think they still have some questions on defense. I think the game last week against Augsburg was a lot closer than they would have liked it to be, and it was. They've got some. They've just had some issues with ill-time penalties, couple mistakes here and there that have that have kept games closer than they needed to be. It kind of happened for about half the game against Bethel, and before they put the hammer to Bethel in the second half. I I think St. John's is a, is a really good team. The quarterback is is a good player. He's got some really good receivers. I think they got to figure out a couple things on the defensive line and maybe one spot in the secondary. But if they can get that hammered out and ironed out, which they always do, I think this this is a St. John's team that's going to be there at the end and going to have a chance to win some games in the playoffs. I was going to say, you nailed it when you said they always do because lather, rinse, repeat. The Johnnies just tend to get it done. You always get it done very, very well with us. Thank you for the time once again. We will talk soon. I appreciate it. Yep, anytime. Absolutely. That is our guy, Anthony LaPanta. Twins, Wild, Mayak, football. What can't he do? Whatever he can't do, Dave Hoops will take care of for us next. Stick around. Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stick around. We'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A little traveling man, courtesy of Ricky Nelson, our next guest. Again, I don't even know if we can call him a guest. He's one of our best sponsors. We have several, but he's definitely a traveling man. Dave Hoops will be with us in just a moment. But speaking of our sponsors and speaking of Dave's, I'm going to let Dave Cook give you the great list of sponsors we do have. It's not a great time to be confused. Ricky Nelson is like the kid of Ozzy and Harriet, right? Sure. Something like that. All right. Hey, we've got this fantastic group of sponsors, Brian. He's always got a great time for an off-the-wall question. Go ahead. (laughs) People that are... uh, People and companies that you know really take care of us, and and let's start with uh, Avenue Forty Five. Uh, I know that the other day you said to yourself you looked a little unkempt. Yes, and so you dropped. Also uh, known as unkempt, by. but yes, yeah. So you dropped by. Unkempt means I just let my belly go like Sean Kemp. But go ahead. <laughs> and so you know when they when you're able to just worry a little bit about how you look, and you're able to drop by a place like Avenue Forty Five, that's a win-win. Uh, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, by the way, they have Prosecco. Uh, they do. Yes, because um, we got that request late yesterday and from my sister and my and Dana as they were moving mom into into the apartment. And so they dropped by uh, Mont Royal and took care of business. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems, Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holding, Krauss Heating and Cooling, your carrier, HVAC authorized dealer, 
Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, and the Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road, Proctor Two Harbors, uh, Blackwater Downtown, Tavern on the Hill, where I was at yesterday with the same group of people. Never a bad choice. Nope. When you're when it's time to do something up up by the colleges, lunch, tavern. That is a good routine to get in. A good routine is spending Saturdays with Dave Hoops. I love the fact that no matter where he goes, and that list is extensive, that he makes time for us. Today, he is making time for us from Madison. Badgers homecoming against Rutgers. They kick off in about 25 minutes, so as soon as we oh, let we him go, he's going into the stadium. That's why I was kind of giving you the third base coach as you were going through those sponsors. And I was Brian Harpering To it. keep it moving, yeah, you were Brian Prudoming at the pace you went. <laughs> but we'll go to Dave Hoops. Dave Hoops from Madison. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. It's uh, exciting here. Just fall football, 80,000 screaming fans, kids everywhere, homecoming weekend. Ben's a senior. I'm not going to get much more of this, but a few more times this year. It's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Soak it in. Speaking of soaking it in, October is going to be great for that. That's how we opened the show before we went right to Anthony LaPanta. And I'm sure as I list the litany of activities you could choose from, I'm going to miss some things. But there's college volleyball, college football, college hockey got going, high school football, volleyball, soccer, you name it. We've all been part of it. Tennis. And then we've got the professional sports. The Twins are on fire. We hope that continues. The Vikings have been a bit of a dumpster fire. We hope that doesn't continue. The Wild and Wolves are right around the corner. October, man, this is great. It's so great. And this weekend, after this game, we've got the Twins. Tomorrow, we've got a signature win coming. And after that, we've got the Twins on a night game. Game one, Korea going back. You can't even, you can't make this stuff up. It's so great. You can't. And I love your level of optimism as always. I know you've got it again today. But speaking of level of optimism, how was it at the brewery this week? Because I know that you had a deal where if you had Twins Garm on, I think you got a free taster from you guys. How were the games at the brewery? They were great. Now, I really enjoyed your last segment because um, you've been listening to me all year long. I've gone to a bunch of games. I, like you, believe in this team and always believe. And the fans were tepid and people were hard on the Central or the North, whatever division we're in. We have two less wins than these guys. And game one at the Brewery, just like with the Twins, started out slow and it got better. And by game two, it was packed in there. I didn't want them to have a game three, even though it would have been great for the brewery, right? I don't want, I don't want any chance. I was going to say, it. the business but perspective are, is one yeah. thing. The sports fan is another. Go ahead. Yeah, no, people are, are you know, you, we knew this would happen. And every year when the Twins do well, and this history shows this, people all of a sudden care. And that's great because it makes for really fun and every pitch matters. And bandwagon fans, God love them. We need them. So let's go. Yeah, it's just a different vibe because even for me, I can be, you know, pessimistic or part of a defense mechanism just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And there were times during game one where I thought this is going to go awry because annually it does. And then a couple times when it didn't, by the latter moments of game one and certainly in game two, dare I say I expected things to go fairly well, which concerns me going to Houston today and tomorrow because – you know, Justin Verlander, his resume against the Twins alone is ridiculous. His playoff resume is ridiculous as well. But I give the Twins a good shot here. Now, if I was on social media, somebody would say, well, you're ready to get hurt again. But I feel good about this team. Now, now, if they lose, people could say, well, you were crazy. No, not necessarily. It's just a it's a good vibe around the Twins right now. Well, it, we, we say this all the time. We, we, we're, we have the gift of great seasons like this year where we were in first all year. We have the gift. My hockey team can't win, but yet one of the best teams in history. The Vikings have the best record and top three in the last 25 years. We just, 
you know, win the big ones, you still got the gift of a great season. Now, I'm, every second matters, and I am very confident the Twins are going to make a huge, huge statement this year. But there's no reason to be deflated, you know, if they don't do it. They're here now. You know, that's. I think that's a good position to, to for me at least, it is. I believe that. You know, Brian, I, I'm going to agree with Dave because if you think about what we're doing today, right, every, or today and tomorrow, every every game one has meaning, and every game is not. You're not ridiculous if you think there's a chance for for an upset. You know, the the Twins are underdogs, the Gophers are big underdogs, the Vikings are underdogs, uh, but there's no reason that that any of the three teams couldn't pull one of these out of the hat. Right. And that's kind of the fun of it all, because I think part of the mantra of Minnesota sports is we always focus on the games that we lost that we should have won. You're kind of playing with house money right now. If you beat the Chiefs, it's going to be great. Now we can say long term, well, that got your hopes up and they may crash later. Whatever. There is going to be fans that have that as their mantra. We get it. The Twins are underdogs, but the Twins have done something that they hadn't done in two decades already. So I think, again, we're playing with house money. The Gophers are what the Gophers are. Michigan should go in and, and run roughshod over them. But if they don't, this is a lot of fun. It's a good time of year. It is a great time of year. But, I, again, I'm I'm not sure if the Gophers get run over. I almost went there. Uh, if the Gophers get run over, as you said, I think there's different issues because we're home this time. I mean, it, they should lose. But if they lose by 40, there's a different problem. And the crazy part here, Dave Hoops, is because right here locally in Duluth, the big story is there's been bulldog hockey the last couple of nights, women's side and now men's side coming. You know, that's the great unifier in Duluth. We talk about the East-West divide and Packer fans, Viking fans, what have you. A lot of people, minus Dave Cook, unite when it comes to bulldog hockey. I never thought we'd be in a situation, and I'm not saying this is a detriment to bulldog hockey. I never thought in the first week in October that that may be the fourth or fifth game on my must-do list. But for the brewery, that's a big deal because bulldog hockey is a big part of what you guys do from a business perspective as well. Oh, it's huge. And, you know, I think that I haven't seen the latest uh, polls, but we're in the top 10 at least on preseason. I know that. And I think the expectations are that the NCAA is back and everything. This will be a more normal season. In fact, it could be a great season. And, yeah, we can't wait to welcome all the pre- and post-gamers into the brewery to, you know, enjoy, watch, cheer. And you're right. We have just a, you know, it's basically a, it's a, fiesta of thanksgiving of sports that we proudly and happily will have televised full-time it's great no doubt about that because maybe the best question is which game are you going to try your darndest to watch because remote controls radio dials they're going to get workouts here over the next few days so that's a great question of you know which one are you going to watch when but you've got great questions every week. You've got the spotlight again, Dave. Cook. All right. I've got a couple today for sure. Um, I don't know, Dave, if you had a chance to see it, but I just showed Brian. Uh, probably one of my favorite sports pictures in a long time is the picture of Simone Biles. It just came out. Uh, her on the on the balance beam staring down the, the, uh, the balance beam at the photographer. I'm wondering, gentlemen, what's your favorite sports photo? And of all time, like something that's iconic, something that sticks in your mind. Oh, that's an unfair question, David. Yes. Thousands? I mean, I was going to say, because you've only got a few minutes and you've got to be in Camp Randall. Okay. I'm just going to say the very first one that came to my mind, and this might surprise you, is Bjorn Ford winning um, in Paris on his hands and knees. Uh, Oh, yeah. And I don't know. 
That's well, that's the first one that came to mind. I could talk about this for an hour, but that's what I'm going to say. I think that's a great answer for me. I localized it because it's not necessarily an original photo, but you think of the Bobby Orr goal, right? Yeah. And that's not where I'm going with this. But Minnesota has its own version with the Grandland playoff game winner. There's a photo just like that. We see it how many times when we go to the state tournament because it's up in the press box. I find myself staring at that one all the time. Yeah, my and, and Dave, I'm going to be with you on a, on kind of a weird one. It's Muhammad Ali standing over Joe Frazier, right? Um, with the with the fist going down, and and uh, to me, that's like the first sports photo I saw, and I went, okay, that photo captures what happened. So yeah, no, I think I think that's a fun question. And Dave, we should sit around for an hour and talk. I was going to say, I think we just discovered an opening topic one week. Go ahead. All right, so Utah football gave. All, Did you just say two Utes? Go ahead. All 85 of their scholarship players, the NIL gave them pickup trucks for for the uh, just for playing college football at Utah. Are we getting to the point where this NIL and college football is is ruining college football as we know it and turning it just into professional? Certainly didn't help them last week, did it? But let's see here. Um, that's a really that's a tough. I think that college athletes should be paid because of what they do for their schools and what it brings to youth education and and the, just the vast amount of money. Um, that's a really hard question, Dave. I I think you know everything that we're. I mean, what, look what the Big Ten is doing right now. There's I'm yeah I love Oregon, but they shouldn't be in the Big Ten. I mean, we could talk about that all day too. No. I don't think they're ruining college sports, but I think we're on the way towards, uh, you know, having to have a reckoning. How's that for kind of a duck out? Oh, yeah, like some, some sort of intervention. Of course, an Oregon fan is going to duck away from a question. But nice. at the same time, I'm going to answer your question with a question because you said, and I want to make sure I heard it correctly, is it ruining college football as we know it? The answer to that is yes. But the difference is, is as we know it's supposed to be the way it's going to continue to be. Because if this is just part of the revolutionizing of the game, I guess we shrug our shoulders and become the get-off-my-long guys. But I am concerned when I know the goal of a student-athlete is to be a student first, and they're not all going to go pro. We get commercials from the NCAA about that all the time. But when you've got potentially pro athletes like a Caleb Williams sitting there going, well, we'll just see you as the number one pick because I can make just as much money staying in school, that shouldn't be a thing. Now, the other side of that is, Regular non-athlete students do work studies, do internships. Athletes don't have as much spare time. They should be allowed to have an income as well. This is where they're saying they're getting it, but it's huge. Yeah, that's I. When I can't imagine when people started talking about they should have. A, I mean, I remember the conversations. They don't have a couple of bucks in their pocket, right? Even to go to McDonald's. Okay, well, we missed. And that. it's a violation to take it from us if right. we bought we them a meal. Just think of all those nineteen seventies and eighties movies that made fun of of people paying off football players. That right now, that's common practice. I was going to say it's the new norm. All right. So, final question of the day, and it's and it's one that it's maybe I I waited too long. All right, so guys, Twins made a lot of good memories. Um, this, Just this week? This past week. Right. Um, playoff, baseball, what's your favorite memory? doesn't have to be Twins. Well, for me, it probably does, but go ahead, Dave Hoops, you go first. Um, well, really quick. So I lived in San Francisco when the Niners won four Super Bowls, and um, that was fine. I got to see how people react. They're not my team. But my second team is the Giants, and I got to see the Giants – 
uh, well, I got to see them, and they also managed to, what, win the World Series every other year for a period of, what, six years or something like that. That's kind of my favorite memory of playoff baseball because the Twins, uh, yeah, I was around in uh, those years, and it was great, but the Giants is uh, more fresh in my mind. So that's, that's my answer. I think that's a fair take. I commend Dave Hoops because he stuck with one because I could give you about five. Right. That's why I said maybe I waited too long for this one. I was going to say because as a kid growing up as a Twins fan – I thought the norm was going to be championships because they won when I was eight and they won again when I was 12. And it was just how it worked. I remember jumping all over my dad the minute the final out of the 87 series happened. You know, the Kirby home run to even get to game seven and 91 and then winning that one. I remember going bonkers each time. I've told the story about Kirk Gibson's home run in 88. I was the only one who saw it because we were at a party and everybody else went, oh, this game is over. And I drifted away just to see it. And I'm glad I did. The Joe Carter winner against Mitch yeah, Williams. That's a really good one. I was playing a ping pong match with my brother-in-law. He wasn't my brother-in-law at the time, but we were playing ping pong and kind of had the TV on in the background. And all of a sudden the game just stopped because, wait a minute, we're about to see a big moment. And we did. There's just so many that you can think of. And then as Dave was discussing San Francisco, I have to go off the field. I remember preparing to watch a World Series game and watching the news all night yep. and worrying about family in San Jose because of the earthquake. Yeah, no, I think... Baseball playoffs lend themselves to memory. The Gibson home run's a great one. You know, Carlton Fisk waving the one fair. Um, you know, the uh, the We Are Family Pirates, where uh, Willie Stargell would come through right. big, or when you saw John Candelaria um, come in, in bullpen to, uh, to save a game. And nobody said Buckner. No, and nobody, but the Buckner time is, is one of those. That was the first one probably yeah, for me. Yeah, and I just think baseball playoffs, as we saw this week, just lend themselves to moments. And uh, the the snap tag by Correa on on, on uh, Junior, yeah. I think that's going to be one of those moments uh, that we'll be we'll be talking about that in four years. The the snap tag was great. Absolutely. So I'm going to take a segue off of that. What else is new? But Dave Hoops, I know we got to let you get into a football game with the Badger homecoming against Rutgers kicking off now in just 11 minutes. But Dave just talked about you know making memories of playoff baseball. That allows the brewery to be a big part of sports memories for patrons as well. You guys are going to do some big things in the coming week, I assume. Oh, like crazy. Yeah, we'll continue to give away beer um, to anybody that comes in wearing gear. That's just always going to be the way it is. Uh, and that doesn't just mean the Twins. It means, you know, the Vikings. It means the Packers. It, it means games. And um, tomorrow it's going to be a, just a packed day, a packed house. And we've got all these new beers, um, which we can just, we talked about last week. But the other great thing is now that hockey started, Rink Rat, it's back. And every time you buy a pint, uh, money goes to youth hockey. I can't say anything that makes me prouder than that. So um, come on down. And um, we just struck the, uh, took the um, beer hall down, the outside beer garden. So it's going to be nice and cozy in there and games and fun and sports and, you know, the usual. I was going to say, the community imprint that you have and the things you do for the community, that list is endless. Unfortunately, our time has ended. I could talk to you forever, but I want you to right. get into the game. Go ahead and have a blast, my friend. We'll talk next Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait. You guys have a really great Saturday, and hey, October Sports Month. Here we go. Bye. I am absolutely Thanks, in love Dave. with it. Gotta love Dave Hoops as well. Up next, we'll play Buy or Sell. Gotta buy that October rocks in the sports world. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, with the Northland Sports Page. Stick around. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back on the Northland Sports page, looking for a good buy. Buy or sell is up next. Tell you what, Brian Prudhoe and Dave Cook, I don't think either one of us are big-time country fans, but even though radio is not a visual medium, we both get into that one. Yeah, that's a really good song, though. Rather, whether it's country or, or whatever else, it's fast-paced. It's a little gritty. I like those songs. It is very fast-paced. I'd love to know if I got a chance to chat with John Michael Montgomery ever about it. I would have asked, where did that one come from? What was the origin of the idea? Because you look at the pace of that song, and I thought, John Michael Montgomery really liked the Micro Machines commercials back in the day and said, you know what? I can sing that fast. Yeah, well, exactly. When he went the whole auctioneer. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's good. Hey, Brian, you know, again, this show just wouldn't be what it is without our sponsors. Right? It wouldn't be, period. And and I was thinking about that the other day when when we were, I was talking to the fam about how long, mom's back, right? So she's got all kinds of questions about stuff like this and and how long we've been in business, right? And we wouldn't have been in business at all without Ryan Arola over at our Arola Architecture Studio. Right. And He you know, stood by us from day one. He did. And there's just, there's just not enough we can say about the loyalty and all that that he's shown to the show. But we're also helped out by, you know, Hoops Brewing. We just talked to Dave. OAR Holdings, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road and in Proctor and in Two Harbors. Blackwater downtown. I told you that we went to Tavern last night or yesterday, and uh, we had a little bit of a problem with with uh, Dana's food. And uh, the waiter came over and said, "Listen, we make it we make it good or we make it right." And so they took care of it. You know, they took care of us. And and you don't get that everywhere, right? You're going to get people apologizing, but you don't always get people you know to puff their chest out a little bit and say, "This is what we do," which I thought that was really cool. Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, and Comfort Systems. So grateful for each of those sponsors. We're going to play buy or sell. We encourage you to buy just about everything that those sponsors sell. And I can tell you that between Dave and I, people say, well, you know, you've just got relationships because they sponsor the show. Yes, we have great relationships. And due to those, maybe they sponsor the show. But as you read those off, one of us, if not both of us, uses each and every one. Absolutely. We spend money at all of them. Absolutely. So speaking of spending money, are you going to buy or are you going to sell the thoughts that we have in this segment? How the game works if you're new to it. First of all, welcome. Where were you? But second of all, it breaks down like this. I'm going to give a statement with each of the four major leagues, NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB. If you agree with what I'm saying, you say buy, you tell me why. If you disagree with what I'm saying, you say sell and you tell me why. Dave Cook is going to determine the order and of course give his hot takes as usual. I will warn you, most of these are usually very local, but we're going to have a lot of local focus coming up, especially in hour number two. So we're going to go away from local in some of them today. All right. I don't know if that has any impact on how you want to play so this. So let's start with hockey. All right. So the NHL, you, you did pick a local one here. This, I kind of brushed the surface with Anthony LaPanta, and I couldn't not do it. I would have been doing my job incorrectly. But buy or sell that the Jared Spurgeon injury news is perhaps the most devastating loss not named Kirill Kaprizov the Wild could have entering the season. So I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell for two reasons. One, I think that um, they have they have depth down to about nine, right? So are they, are they going to be as good? No. But is there going to be a gaping hole? Also no. The other thing, Brian, and, and this is, this is going to be a little hot takey. I think, That's what I asked you for. Well done. I think 
that Spurgeon and Middleton are their number two defensive pair. I think it's Brodeen and Faber is going to be their number one all year long. And so you've lost your third or fourth defenseman, not your first or second. What concerns me is we don't, I mean, I'm, Anthony was complimentary to Goligoski. We don't know if there's any gas left in that tank. Right. I know he couldn't see me. Why? Because radio is not a visual medium, but Goligoski was brought up and not just because he was a gopher, not just because I'm an East guy and he played at Grand Rapids, but you saw me roll my eyes at the yep. thought of Goligoski contributing. But we'll see what happens. I'm going to sell as well. Now, my first thought should be, I have no idea because I've never been in the room on a hockey team. And word is that the room is sacred. Well, Jared Spurgeon is the proverbial leader of that room as a captain. So it could be huge. But you brought up my main reason for selling. If it was Brodeen, I'm devastated. Partly because I think he's the most solid defensive defenseman in that group. But I also think you're right. If his partner's Faber and he's not part of this, if it's Brodeen going down... Favors a young kid going, who do I look to for help? Yep. So Brodeen would be the bigger loss if it happened. Plus, if if it was if Dumbo was still here, I, I think it would be like worse. Like because well, Faber wouldn't be here. So you'd be it so Faber wasn't You'd here. You'd be leaning dumb, on Dumba even right. further if so he was here. I had to clarify that. If Faber wasn't here, I it did was that for Dumba, you. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, I think that I would be a little bit more panicky. All right. One league down, three to go. I'm not panicked yet, but we are close to the top of the hour. NBA. NBA. Again, I touched on this with Anthony LaPanta. The Timberwolves really did a great job in picking up a preseason victory. Take the value of that however you want to against the Dallas Mavericks earlier this week. Newsflash, they tip off in about two minutes again. Buy or sell that you put any stock in preseason performances in the NBA? I'm going to buy, but it's it's because they're you know the Timberwolves are deep, right? But they need... Uh, Luca Garza to get time they need. And so if you see some of these bottom roster guys start playing uh, Wendell Moore Jr., the the rookie kid, the Miller kid, if you see those those guys are getting playing time and they're producing, I think that's important. If Anthony Edwards plays, it doesn't matter. I'm going to buy as well, but I'm going to buy for a little bit different reason. I think if they have an opportunity to play Towns and Gobert together more and more and more yeah. in games that don't matter, because they didn't play together very often at all, that's only going to help you. Mm -hmm. But my other part is, I'm going to buy it, I'm going to do it kind of sheepishly because of who we are. We are Minnesota. We are the Timberwolves. We are not a team really known for a lot of success. I'm afraid that we do, maybe as a fan base, put stock in preseason performances, and we go, look at the Wolves smoking everybody. And then when the regular season tips off and all the powers that be go, that was super cute. Now it's real. What are you going to do? You just sounded like Fox Sports. Way back we are day. Minnesota. Yeah. We are the Timberwolves. Yep. Yeah. We are Minnesota. We are Fox North. Did they say that anymore? I don't <laughs> no, think they, they can. don't because Bally's got the thing. Well, and, and with Bally, it's where are you? I didn't want to broach that subject with Anthony <laughs> right, LaPanta right, right. at all. All right. Two next. down, two to go. You're determining the yeah, order of what's next. we're going to do football because we're going to end with uh, playoffs. All right. In the NFL, there's a terrific game, and Dave Sinekin touched on this before us, and I hate the fact that I agreed with him on anything because there's a great game Sunday night. But he said locally in Minnesota, who's going to watch it? Because the Twins are going to be playing at the same time tomorrow. But Sunday night, we're partying like it's 1995 again because Cowboys Niners should be an absolute gem. Should be. We'll wait and see. Buy or sell that the best team in the NFC, and you can pick which one it is, resides in that game. Oof, that's a tough question. Thank you. Um, I'm going to tentatively sell, although it's really tentatively because I, I San Francisco is built to win, right? I'm going to say it's Philadelphia, uh, and 
and I'll say that until I'm proven wrong, which could be this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to buy that the best team in the conference is in that game. I'm not sure which one it is. My heart says San Francisco. I left my heart there. Do you really think Dallas is in this conversation? I do, but I don't because the Arizona game should tell you resoundingly no. But at the same time, they run over everybody else. You can say you can say who have they played. Well, and I still think we'll see if Brock Purdy continues to elevate. I still think Dallas, although Dak's not a superstar, no matter how much they want to make him one, I do think if you put them alongside each other, Dak Prescott is probably a more talented quarterback right now. But that's the only plays in the whole roster. Well, and the only thing for me with San Francisco is we're going to find out if Micah Parsons can stop the run because Correct. it seems like if you take Christian McCaffrey away, which is not an easy thing for anybody to do as a fantasy owner of CMC in one of my leagues, I'm grateful for that. But if you can take him away, San Francisco becomes very beatable. But right now I do think it is the Niners. Philadelphia is probably second, but you look at the Eagles and isn't it a little bit Viking-esque of last year? It's, hey, they're playing well enough to squeak by you each and every time. They just have a better reputation than the Vikings did last year. Yeah, I think there's a touch of overconfidence there as well. Right. Well, that stems from their coach, but you know what? It beats the alternative That's at the same true. time. That's true. Let's switch over to baseball because we're running into it. All right. So Major League Baseball, also not local, but sort of. Do you remember a week ago we did an evening show and we talked about who are the Twins going to play? And everybody seemed to want Texas or Seattle. Seattle didn't make the playoffs, so that wasn't an option. But when Toronto did and was our matchup, I heard from multiple people, I so wish it would have been Texas. And I went, "Mm, not me, because Scherzer hasn't even thrown. Eovaldi, we know how good he is. You're making up nicknames for him. He was lights out. And I just don't think you can keep that lineup down. Buy or sell that Texas is a force to be reckoned with, still alive in that American League. I'm going to sell. However... However, however, they may have the easiest route. Because Baltimore is 13 years old across the roster. Right, and Tampa had 12 people show up, and they kicked the ball all over the lot. You know, the thing about the Twins, the way the Twins played, and frankly, Toronto, is we didn't throw the ball all over the place. Right. Tampa shot themselves in the foot. Over and over and over. Right, so I'm not sure that the Rangers still weren't the team the Twins should play, although let's be very thankful for what happened, right? That's not my point. But Baltimore... Who knows? Baltimore might be dumb enough that they don't realize they're in a big spot and they're going to blow out Texas. But they also might take, you know, what Gaetti say. They also they also might grab, you know, their their uh, neck with both. It's hard hands. to feel the ball in both hands around your neck, right? So it'll be that's good. That that playoff is going to be fascinating because you've got the team that should be it's loaded, but we don't know how they're going to react. See, and I'm not sure if I'm going to buy or sell this. I guess I have to buy because I brought it up. I've been kind of a Texas fan, kind of quietly. But I don't know how to react to these teams that have been on a bye. We talk about it in football all the time. You have the wild card round, and then you got these division champs or these top seeds that haven't played, and we don't know what's fantastic about them. And is the rest good, or is the rest going to be a detriment where they were you know, asleep at the wheel too long and they can't get back to the rhythm they had? I don't know what we're going to get from Houston today and tomorrow against the Twins. I don't know what you're going to get from Baltimore because, like you said, they haven't been here. But at the same time, they were so good during the season to not have to play this past week that the teams that are favored could blow both teams out. But I still think Texas is a force. You look at the middle of that lineup and you just go, uh, hope for the best. I mean, you really got to pitch well against Texas. You do, but but they also, if you get past their starters, um, they're mush. Right. How does a five-game series versus a best of three go yep. for them? Because yep. the big thing for them, and we saw it with the Twins, the bullpen was shaky at times during the season. 
Then during the playoffs, it was lights out. Texas, same thing, at least through one series. month and a half ago, I said if the Twins start playing like they can, uh, they're going to be a tough out. They're a tough out. You mentioned the word tough. It's going to be a good segue into hour number two. We're going to talk a lot about tough when we come back. The Twins may have a tough road, but at the same time, they're on the road. They're still playing. Everybody's happy about it. We are happy to say goodbye to hour number one. Hour number two is next. Northland Sports Page. Stick around. We'll be right back.